Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Freakonomics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Rimzo Martinez. Know that song right here hey it's another edition of course here it's another wednesday and i'm feeling wild i'm feeling wacky i'm singing covers of songs that that with totally wrong words just because i, I couldn't think of how to start this episode so here we are it's wednesday and i am here i'm with the marvelous mark claire here with my partner in combo crime mr remzo martinez there are a lot of things that rhyme with moon Spoon. Is the first one. Spoon's the one I could think of. And that Dude. led me to Spoon Man. And that led me to that terrible cover you all just heard. Uh, but yes, tonight we're going to be discussing for the second time on this program, believe it or not, a character who has recently achieved a little more mainstream press. And that is the character of Moon Knight due to his Disney Plus program, which, convenient tie in, Remzo is currently recapping with our friend Caleb Franz every single week exclusively. For second print comics patreons behind the old paywall which you can access for as little as five dollars a month remzo would you like to tell him more you know for those of you that have been wondering whether or not you're getting much additional commentary with these recap shows let me tell you people loved the peacemaker recaps we did where my friend derek and i were going over the hbo max peacemaker series and it's always amazing how much extra stuff you could get out of these episodes it's always good when a show makes you want to talk about it after it airs so i mean there's a little bit of appreciation factor in that but there's something special about moon night mark uh, uh, Caleb and I covered Falcon and the Winter Soldier a while back. Uh, you and him covered the Hawkeye series that came out around Christmas. They all had something different about them. Good, bad, ugly, everything in between. But so far, so far, I think fans are really going to enjoy our conversation about Moon Knight and what it potentially means for the MCU going forward. So check it out for as little as a cup of coffee a month at patreon.com slash Second Print Pod. Indeed, and while you're at it, while you're on the internet doing internet things, why don't you go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Second Print Pod, on Instagram at Second Print Pod, find us on Facebook, find us. You're smart people. You know how to find. If you're already listening, you know how to find us. But anyway, do that. Follow us everywhere. And if it's not too much trouble, we love those five star ratings and those amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts because, well, that's how the algorithms work. And let's be honest, we're all slaves to the algorithms, just like Mark Spector is somewhat of a slave to the god Kanchi, the Egyptian god Kanchi, which we'll be discussing today. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, as I mentioned, you are recapping these shows for the Patreon. As of this recording, 
I've only seen the first episode. I almost called it an issue. <laughs> the first episode of the Moon Knight show. And like, I'm, we're not going to do an in-depth recap of it. But I will say, just based on what I've seen so far, it's appropriate that I had lined up. Now, obviously, this is not a coincidence. I, I purposely chose a Moon Knight story for when Moon Knight was coming out. Because hashtags, because trending topics, etc. of course. Yeah, it's not like that time we planned for Morbius and they were like, ha suckers, wait three more months. Exactly. So now we have a very out-of-date Morbius episode from January, but luckily a very current Moon Knight episode here. And I'm still trying to figure out what episode we did uh, Moon Knight in. I can't really seem to find it right now. But anyway, it's somewhere, and I'll post it in today's show notes, which you can find over at secondprintcomics.com. So there you go. We have now rounded out all the plugging that needs to be done. All the plug-ins and the plug-outs and the plugs. Indeed. So that being said, let's get into today's story. We're going to be looking at Moon Knight from 2016. Now, in our last Moon Knight episode, we actually looked at the very first Moon Knight issue from, I, I want to say it's like 1978 or something like that, from Doug Metch, who, who stuck with this character for a really long time. And in that series, you will recall, I'm sure, Remzo, we learned about the three different... It wasn't personalities, really, necessarily in in the original movie. They were they were guises. Yes, yeah, they were, they were guises, um, and that was it. Was more in in a Batman sense. Like he would be. There was the three personalities. There's Mark Spector, who's the the actual mercenary who became Moon Knight. Um, there is Stephen Grant, who is like this wealthy actor. And then there is also, which is more his, like his public persona really. And then there's Jake Lockley, who's the, t- the cab driver who, you know, he gets the street info and he makes friends with, you know, homeless people and, uh, you know, and all, and, and the like, and, and he's able to get the, the down and gritty information and dirty work done or what have you so these three personalities along with moon knight actually becoming moon knight are what make up the character but it was always very intentional at least in the beginning of the character it was it was i am going to now put on this hat and this mustache and become jake lockley um that has evolved as these things do over the decades or over time to where it, it is now and it all depends on who the writer is they kind of go back and forth on some of this stuff again as as these things happen in comics but now it has become an aspect of the character that these are not just necessarily identities that he chooses per se they're actually as at least an element of it of him actually having multiple personalities and him having uh, a dissociative disorder where he doesn't actually know which personality is in charge and and stuff like that so that that did get worked into the comics and the story that we're going to look at today really explores that possibly well, i don't want to say more because this is some, an aspect of the character that has been explored a lot by a number of writers but um it, it's definitely the most current story that i've read that really digs deeply into the the psychosis the psyche i guess you should you could say of mark specter of moon knight um so this is moon knight from 2016 by jeff lemire Aremzo. Have you read this series before? This is the reason I chose this one. This was, you know, I had already gotten back into comics and I just heard there was a new Moon Knight series coming out. And like, he's one of these characters. It's like, I never, I never followed a Moon Knight series. I never was collecting it monthly, but I just always thought the character was kind of cool. So me being the guy that loves number ones and fresh starts and already liking Jeff Lemire as a writer, uh, he's done a bunch of of Marvel and DC stuff. I I had enjoyed a lot of Jeff Lemire's work previously. Combine that with being interested in the character of Moon Knight, combine that with a brand new number one. And I checked this series out right from the get go. I believe it was a 25 issue run. And today we're going to be looking at the first five issues but remzo if you could just get 
into a little bit. We've already talked about your history with Moon Knight, so people can go watch the original Moon Knight uh, episode. Watch it. Watch it. What do you do? Do you? Li- well, you do. We. You could watch. I this. mean, if you could watch it in your mind, yeah, you could like watch the screen because we don't do video yet. So maybe someday we open will open your third eye and just get weird with it. All right. But uh, I'm more curious what your history with Jeff Lemire is as a writer. I, I was a Jeff Lemire fan in around 2014. 2013-2014, when he took over the Green Arrow series, this was during DC Comics' New 52 era, and a lot of stuff was working, and a lot of stuff wasn't working. People loved the new stuff that Scott Snyder was doing over on Batman, and they liked Justice League, but they didn't like Action Comics, and they didn't like Teen Titans, and almost everybody hated the first, I think it was uh, 14 issues of Green Arrow because Green Arrow had one of the most radical changes. They made him almost like the Justin Hartley Green Arrow from the Smallville show. And it was also kind of rubbing people the wrong way because this was around the same time that Stephen Amal was launching the Arrowverse with the Arrow TV show. So at some point, I guess Warner Brothers and DC Comics were like, listen, this is supposed to be the big new property we're pushing. Why is it the comic book suck? So they scrapped the entire creative team for that Green Arrow series, and they basically did a reboot within the reboot of the new 52 Green Arrow comic. And they were like, you know what? Bring on Jeff Lemire. He's written horror stuff. Um, He wrote a book called The Nobody, which is basically a modern retelling of The Invisible Man, which is fantastic. I love it. He did that over IDW. And um, when he came on to Green Arrow, he took a lot of the elements from the Steve even Amal, Amal show, but he did it in a way that actually made Green Arrow cool again. A lot of the new influences you see throughout, like Injustice and all these other things, kind of all began to stem from the Lemire Arrow run, a Green Arrow run. So after that, I was like, if he can take by far the worst performing comic and then make it one of the top 10 books for DC within a year, especially when the show was just starting to, you know, get legs for itself and begin to move and, you know, get get a whole new fan base of people that were not really comic book or superhero fans, especially not really Smallville fans. You know, you've done something good. So I've, I've always had a big soft spot for Lemire's work. Yeah, and I I first became familiar with his work shortly after I after I emerged uh, from my my comic book coma for the decade or so that I wasn't really reading comics, but um and, and that was about you know 2013 2014. So I think it was 2015 when he did the series Bloodshot Reborn and Valiant. And uh, that was good I, yeah, too. I was a I was a Valiant stan, you could say from the from the 90s Valiant. So here I see a number one. I picked that thing up and I, I got to say, I think it's my favorite bloodshot series. I think I can confidently say that actually, because I always thought the character was cool, but it's bloodshot's like a cool character that has never really been done amazingly well, I, I would say. But the, the Lemire run I thought was really awesome and even played on not necessarily the literal history from the Valiant universe from the original 90s Valiant, but it just had some like Easter eggy type stuff. And it showed that Lemire clearly had like respect for the, the lineage of the character in a way while building a brand new interesting story about the character i will say and um maybe not coincidentally you know that character in bloodshot he did have sort of a different identities thing going on not quite to the extreme that that mark specter moon knight does but um you know maybe this is just kind of jeff lemire's thing 
different personalities and such. He's good at writing characters that are discovering things as the reader is discovering them. Mm. I mean, you have two camps of writers, the ones where it's like you're really just kind of watching along and you kind of know what's happening and you're waiting for the for the main character to figure it out. I've always equated Lemire to being and, you know, I think people might want to say this about like, you know, Hickman or Morrison or a lot of other people. But if there was like a Hollywood director, I could more closely align with um, Jeff Lemire. It would be Christopher Nolan. He's got the style. He's got the cool. Things can be complicated if they need to be, but he manages to still make it serious and fun at the same time. Whereas some people, when they want to go Nolan-esque, it's like complicated for complicated sake. That's like that's the Hickman, the complicated for complicated sake, even though I do love some of his work. That's the vibe I always get from Hickman. Like, I'm going to complicate this because I want to make a damn flowchart. Jeff Lemire has more in common with a Warren Ellis than Mm -hmm. he does a Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, who actually Warren Ellis had done the previous Moon Knight series before Jeff Lemire about two years earlier that ended just before this. So that's a there's a direct handoff, which is a great synchronicity. For sure. Uh, yeah, that's not, I was debating between this one and the Warren Ellis one, but I decided to go with this one uh, just because I, I do feel it's a little more tied into kind of a lot of what we see in the current Moon Knight uh, series. Uh, so we dive in today to Moon Knight, number one by Jeff Lemire and art by Greg Smallwood. Were you familiar with Greg Smallwood before? I was not, but I, I will say by the end of this. No, nah, this was my first time. Me too. First time. Um, yeah. Smallwood. And, and, and yeah, I don't, let's just say I think this artist should be known. Yes, and I'm and I am going to ignore that. Joke. So, Moon Knight number one, we do get the classic. Well, not really classic, but in the last decade or so, Marvelism. I mean, it's been two decades. I think this started in the Ultimate Comics, didn't it? The the little intro page. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see who gets credit for it. It's either Brian Michael Bendis or Joe Casada. Mm, okay, but it's more known for Bendis having brought this into the industry. Gotcha. Well, according to this introductory page, we learn little brief history here mercenary mark specter died in egypt under a statue of the moon god Khonshu. in the shadow of the ancient deity mark returned to life and took on Khonshu's aspect to fight crime for his own redemption he went completely insane and disappeared for a time but returned to protect those who travel by night at least he thinks that's what's happened and uh you know it's interesting the whole thing with Khonshu because in in the original series like he quote-unquote dies I don't know. He just gets beat up pretty bad and seem and is left for dead under this statue of Khonshu. But even in the series that we read, the original Doug Mensch series, it's not really clear. Like he, he believes that he came back, that Khonshu brought him back and now he's going to like be this vengeance guy and be Moon Knight. But in that series, we never see like, there's no scene where Khonshu is like, I am entering the body of Mark Spector. So it's, it's kind of ambiguous. I think even in the original series, whether, the actual God Conchu has done something to him or whether he just has convinced himself that that's what happened because in the, in the original and even in this series, I, I don't believe Moon Knight ever has powers in the comics, whereas already not to spoil too much of what you'll talk about in the show, but uh, he does. It does appear in the Marvel series. He does have some sort of powers because there was that first, uh, you know, when he first like reveals himself as Moon Knight in episode one, he clearly like beats up a creature i'm trying not to spoil too much beats up a creature that yeah i mean they're they're playing up a lot of the supernatural elements because very early on as we discussed in that last episode where he covered moon knight he was very much a batman archetype Mm -hmm. and it's not really going to be until he gets into the west coast avengers in like the 80s that they start to explore more of that because that avenger series it started going into stuff like with the phantom rider who was technically like the original ghost rider and then they also go into more of the stuff with con 
Shu as Moon Knight was allowed to be a West Coast Avenger. It's not really until Warren Ellis takes over and and then, you know, continue off Jeff Lemire where they really lay it on that, you know, Moon Knight is a is a supernatural character. And I think that progression was for the better because people stopped making the Batman comparisons as much. Yeah, I mean, I would say now I could see the original version because he lived in a mansion and he, you know, was more of a detective type character. But where Moon Knight is now, I'd say is is very different from Batman. I'd say it's better because now he, he really has more like uniqueness to him. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we are going to get into that uniqueness, certainly in this story. So we start off here. We just see a shot of the moon and we hear Mark. We hear and we read uh, from this, whoever this narrating creature is, Mark and Mark. I love, you know, one thing I like about Mark Spector he spells Mark the right way. He spells Mark with the C. Classy move. Uh, this voice is saying, Mark. Mark, can you hear me? Mark, is that you? And we're seeing, we now see Mark Spector uh, in some kind of like pajamas or the kind of thing you like would be wearing in, in the crazy house, I guess. Just a, a plain white uh, pants and shirt type, smock type thing. And uh, Mark says, I, I'm not sure. The voice says, come then, my son. Come see your true face. And Mark is like standing in front of this kind of big Egyptian type statue and building. And he goes inside. He says, can't you? He says, I am here. And he's Mark is saying this. This isn't right. I, I thought I was in. Come, come, just a little farther. Here, you're dying, Mark. And you know, Mark is walking in there. He and he goes into this door. And behind this door, he walks into this room that is suddenly in all white. And sitting there in a chair, in the similar suit, actually, uh, is this god Kanchu, or is it? So this is like you know the, one of the biggest questions of, of a lot of this series. Uh, it, it's all it's a lot of is this happening in Mark Spector's mind or and or I guess how much of it is because it's clear some of it is happening inside Mark Spector's mind. How much of this is happening in Mark Spector's mind? How much is actually happening to him? How much of this is actual supernatural forces? How much of this is his imagination? Uh, so here he is talking to the god Kanchu and Kanchu says, if you are to be reborn, you must suffer through pain. It is the way of things, my son. Spectre says, this is mine. This is who I am. He's pulling out uh, this, you know, this little mask out of a uh, treasure chest, the Moon Knight mask. He's, he's putting it on and Kanji is saying, you are nothing, not anymore. But before you can become something new, you must remember who you have already been. And as Spectre puts on the mask, the Moon Knight mask in the next uh, page, we see a splash page, like pretty much showing us a montage of all of his different personalities. We see um, the, the wealthy actor, Stephen Grant with Marlene, his girlfriend, the beautiful Marlene. We see Jake Lockley, Lockley in the cab. We see Mark Spector, AKA Moon Knight fighting crime on the streets and Spectre just kind of gasps, sits up, but he sits up and suddenly doesn't seem like he's in this room with Kanchu anymore. He's somewhere else. As Khan, we still hear Kanchu's voice saying, "Here." We still read Kanchu's voice saying, "That's how immersed in the story I am, guys." Open your eyes. It is almost time to rise. As two orderlies come into the room, so it appears that Mark actually is perhaps in an insane asylum of some kind right now. The orderlies, orderlies are like, "The hell are you you yelling about now, Spectre? You gonna wake up the others? What do we tell you about that shit, man?" And Spectre just says, "Please don't. I, I don't know where I am. Like he doesn't. He has no idea why he's here. I need help." The one orderly just just decks him right in the face. And he's screaming for Kanchu. He's like, Kanchu, please. And this one orderly is like, Kanchu, what the hell is a Kanchu? You know Kanchu, Billy? He's like, I never heard of him, Bobby. Billy and Bobby are the, are the two orderlies that we will get to know throughout this series. And basically, they, they, they're they really treating Spectre like, you know, like, 
like you see people treated in in the movies and like you hope people aren't actually treated in insane asylums but they're beating the shit out of him this one orderly is choking him while the other one uh goes to take out a syringe of some kind supposedly i guess you know a sedative of sorts they stick him with it and mark specter goes 90 90 90 90 until the next page where we see him slowly opening his eyes he opens his eyes to be in a room where he is being shocked. So not only is he in this insane asylum, but he is going undergoing shock therapy. They're sticking this metal thing in his mouth so he can't talk, so he can, you know, bites down on it during the shock treatment, and they are just cranking his puppy up, just frying Mark Spector here. Um, before we go further, what do you think of the, I guess, the kind of hot, interesting, weird start to this series? I, I like how they just move into it. I mean, they... They they let you know that, you know, everything you remember from the previous series, for the most part, are canon. Mark has been gone for a while between the Warren Ellis run and where he is now. And, um, you know, much like the show Moon Knight and much like a lot of the stories I really enjoy from Jeff Lemire, we're experiencing what's going on at the same time Mark is experiencing it. So we're not just, you know, they're kind of watching everything playing out. It, it gives it more of that intrigue. And I got to say, like, you know, I, it, it, I, I mention very rarely when panel art really does the, the story a lot of help. The panel artwork flows so amazingly and uh, it only gets better throughout this issue in the series. Indeed, indeed. I would say that is an accurate analysis. Remzo, we move on. See, Spectre has just been totally beat up. And now he's in this room uh, with all of these other supposedly crazy people. And this one lady's talking to him. She's saying, time to wake up and smell the bacon, honey. Just need to get some fresh coffee on, fire up the grill. We are all set to open. And she's saying, what's wrong, honey? Can't be my food. You haven't even tasted it yet. And as Spectre is talking to this chick, we see sort of a a flashback or not a flashback, but maybe it's like a flash sideways. We see, we see him as Jake Lockley talking to this chick and she's saying the same thing, but she's in a car and he, and he's Jake Lockley. So it leads us to believe like, okay, is this really happening in the insane asylum or is this happening outside in the world as Jake Lockley? And he's imagining the insane asylum. And this is the kind of stuff we grapple with uh, throughout this series. And yeah, he's just kind of walking through the insane asylum. Um, he's seeing reports on the news of this masked vigilante Moon Knight who is spotted taking on his old nemesis, the sultry stained glass scarlet. Remza, what can you tell me about the stained glass scarlet? <laughs> Anything? She is sultry. She is sultry. And Thank named you. after stained glass. Thank you. That's all. That's all I need. And she basically looks like, um, well, we only get one tiny little panel of her on a news clip. Yeah, I would say if Scarlet Witch and Red Riding Hood had a baby, it would be the, it would be the stained glass Scarlet. Um, yeah. We go on and we see that Mark Spector meets this wacky old guy wearing a vest. He says, "Do not look at that rubbish, my friend. It will pu- it will putrefy your brain, and it is all part of the big lie. Anyway, pure fabrication." He says, "Huh?" Old man says, "Ah, excuse my manners, Mark. My name." Is Crowley Bertrand Crowley Ramso? Do you remember our friend Crowley? Was he was he the pilot? No, he's the home. He's the the homeless guy that. Oh Spectre, my like, gosh! Yeah, yeah. And he accidentally killed his son. Um, something like that. Yeah, like uh, his son became this killer, and they used him as like the bait to to find the killer or something. Yeah, and and, and the son fell off a building. 
Yeah, so that's why if this works, that I was really a would. Dark story. It's, very, it's extremely dark. Oh my god, seventies comics are so fucking dark. It's it's insane. Um, and uh, so the interesting about thing about this series that we're reading now, it actually works as a very good bookend. So again, I would really recommend, even though I can't remember the the episode number, go back and listen to our original Moon Knight episode. It was sometime in the last year, if that helps. Uh, yeah. Just just type Moon Knight in your SPC feed. You'll find it, everybody. Or, or go to the show notes at secondprintcomics.com. But a lot of the characters that we met, the original Moon Knight, uh, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, what, what do you call uh, his his gang of friends? Whatever, whatever you call Amigos. His, yeah, his group, his posse, the Moon Knight posse. Moon we Amigos. See, we see a lot of them in this series. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was happy to see Bertrand Crawley make, make it an appearance. He, and he said, yeah, we've met, but I don't, I don't, I can see you don't recall. And Spectre says we have. So clearly like Spectre doesn't necessarily remember all his life because you know, Crowley and all these other characters we meet are, are definitely, you know, Moon Knight canon. Uh, so, yeah, Crowley goes on and says, oh, yes, we most certainly have. Tell me, Mark, what do you think this place is? Mark's like, uh, a hospital? Crowley says, yeah, very good. Yes, it does indeed resemble a mental institution of some sort. Very good indeed. But tell me when you look closer. I mean, when you really look, Mark, do you see anything else? And Spectre says, no, I, I do feel I've forgotten something important, though, like a song you can't remember. You know, the words, they're, they're right there on the tip of my tongue, but my brain can't quite grab them. Crowley says, tisk, tisk, tisk. Don't be so hard on yourself, old friend. They probably have enough drugs pumping through you to put a horse in a coma, which, don't get me wrong, can actually be quite pleasant. <laughs> I'm certainly no stranger to pharmaceuticals. <laughs> so they are really leaning into the fact that, yes, this man did ruin his life and become homeless before befriending Moon Knight. Um, and Crowley says, I'm afraid I'm going to need you to be a lot sharper than this, Mark. You see, I want to help you. And Spectre's like, can you? And he puts, you see, he puts something in Mark Spectre's hand, but you can't really tell uh, what it is. And he says, I can try, but it starts with you. You are the fist, Mark. You are the fist of Conchu, and only you can break these walls. Only you can lead us all. We travelers of this dark night, only you can set us free. And then we see these two damn orderlies, Billy and Bobby. They come up. They're like, shut up, trolley. Trolley. Shut your trap, Crawley. What, I t- what did I tell you about bothering the other patients? And they're basically just harassing him. And, event- and eventually they take Moon Knight away. And as they're taking uh, Mark Spector away, he looks over and sees a young lady in a wheelchair and has a little flashback to this time himself as Stephen Grant making love to this very same woman. Why? Because it is his, girl- it is his girlfriend, his OG gal from, from the get-go. Good old Marlene. Spectre even turns over and says, Marlene? And the order is just like, shut up, lover boy. Or do we need to give you a cold shower? They take him away and he is put into a meeting with uh, what, who presumably is like the head of this mental institution of this warden. And she says, um, well, Mark, I don't know quite what to say anymore. I thought we were making some progress. Or yeah, she's like, his, his psychiatrist or whatever uh, these past weeks. But now you say you remember nothing of that. I just don't know what to believe here anymore. And he's, and so her, this name, well, he, he gets to this. She's, this is her name is Dr. Emmett, Dr. Emmett. And he is saying, look, I don't really know what to believe. I remember di- bits and pieces of, of different lives, but I don't really know what's going on. And she says, well, Mark, we've had this conversation actually dozens of times. Uh, you want the truth? Well, here it is. There is a moon night, Mark, but you are not him. You've been in this institution since you were 12 years old. And he says, no, 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 that's not true. He says, yeah, yeah, we've been through this again and again. You just keep forgetting because you're fucking crazy. 
you're an orphan. You spent your entire life in this hospital. Hospital Moon Knight is your fantasy. You've been keeping a journal of all his adventures, but you know he's just some guy you saw on TV, and you decided essentially was your your alter ego to deal with this you know this disorder you're having. It's really not the way you should talk to a patient. I, don't, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but I don't know if you're just supposed to lay into them about that and be mad at them about their their mental condition. Just like God, you fucking moron. When are you gonna start remembering shit? I don't know. I'm crazy. I'm in an insane asylum. Um, but she says that you are Mark Spector. You are an orphan. You have DID dissociative identity disorder. He's like, no, she's like, yes. And if you aren't willing to do the work necessary to get better, we're going to have to increase your medication again. Move you back to the secure ward, man. You know, I was wondering like, who does she remind me of? She looks like Sarah Palin, (laughs) but not, but not really like Sarah Palin, like Lisa Ann, the porn star who played Sarah Palin. (laughs) When that happened. (laughs) You yeah, don't remember like, Nail and Palin? <laughs> I can't say I quote unquote remember that. I don't know. I, I can't. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but oh. I appreciate that you do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the listeners a, do. The fun Palin-esque, ones do. There's definitely a Palin esque quality to this. Uh, as she eventually just says, "I do want to help you, Mark. I've always been your friend." We go back to bow, Mark just laying, bow, bow. <laughs> laying, in, laying in bed alone. No, not this is not this is not Lady Shiva trying to uh, train a, a young Tim Tim Drake here. Um, she says. That's called continuity. That's called show continuity, friends. That's a joke from two. <laughs> that's a joke from two episodes ago, three episodes ago now. So if you get that one, congratulations, you're a true fan. Uh, Mark's laying in bed. He says, "Conchu." He's talking to Conchu. Conchu, can you? Conchu, can you hear me? And Conchu says, "Of course, my son. I am always with you." Which is a little creepy. He's like, even when I touch it, uh, is it true? <laughs> is it true what you said? Is this all in my head? Are you all in my head? Again, the same question the readers are, are asking throughout this. And Kanchu says, you already know the answer to that. If you thought she was telling the truth, you never would have stolen the pen. Now stop whining like it. So I guess he stole a pen from the office for some reason or another. It is time. He says, time? He says, yeah, time to act, time to rise. Then we see these asshole orderlies, Bobby and Billy, coming in again. And they hear a noise, like Spectre makes a noise with the pen. They're like, and, and he screams. He says, scream. they hear a screaming from Spectre's room. So they go in. They go into Mark Spector's room and they see not the Mark Spector they know, but they see this crazy guy who has ripped up his sheets with that pen and turned the sheets into a version of the Moon Knight mask complete. I, I can see how he made the sheets to the mask, but how did he also get the little moon symbol on there? That's pretty. That's Listen, pretty... this is just so weird. You should just accept that somehow he found a way. Yeah, it's it's impressive nonetheless. And uh, they're like, what the fuck are you doing in here, Spectre? He's like, nothing. I just wanted to get your attention. I wanted to see your true faces. And now when we look at the orderlies, Bobby and Billy, we don't see Bobby and Billy. We see two dog headed creatures. And he says, I want to see your true faces so I can pound the living shit out of them. And then we see, I love this page. It's, it's a full page panel that just really has one image of Spectre standing over like one of them on the ground while one of them is like about to get hit. But then we see all these little bubbles of, of close-ups of the action. Like we see one of just his fists hitting one of the dog faces. We see an up, up close of his eye. We see blood flying. We see bloody fists. I think this is such a cool, such a cool page. Like it's not often that I just have to stop and say, look at this page. I'm going to stop and say, look at this page by Greg Smallwood. Cause it's, it's very unique. It's unlike, I, I probably, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show. This is unlike any page of art I've seen in a comic. It's truly unique. It's very dynamic. Yeah. I mean, all the art throughout this is dynamic. Spoiler alert. Greg Smallwood is a really cool artist that I'm really glad I discovered uh, in this book. Um, so we'll save the rest for my art score at the end, but, 
Um, Mark is now running through the insane asylum while, of course, talking to the voice of old Kanchu is just saying, that's right, Mark, run. You're almost there. Why do you think there are no windows in this place? You are buried. This place is a tomb. Find me, Mark. Rise up. Find the moon. And now you see, you finally see the truth. As Mark Spector gets to what presumably is the top of this building, he comes outside from the roof and he looks over. And he sees what appears to be New York City, but it's New York City full of sand with a pyramid in it and winged dog-headed creatures flying around. Holy fucking shit. I mean, it's not that different from New York City, actually. <laughs> it's the Moon Knight nightmare verse. Metaphorically, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the new, it's, this is exactly it. This is the nightmare scene for Moon Knight. This is actually basically what New York City looks like with more sand. This is not that, it's not that far of a representation of reality, to be honest. Uh, Kanchu says, look up. And he's like, what? He says, I said, look up, clean the sand out of your ears. We are running out of time. And of course he looks up and he sees the big full moon. He says, look at my face, son. And you tell me, is this real? Spectre says, yes, yes. This is the only real thing I felt in so long. He says, it's a full blown invasion. It is Seth. He says, Seth, he must be stopped. But first you turn around. Why? And as he turns, he says, because it's time to kick some ass as more of these dog headed orderlies are running towards Mark Spencer, uh, jumping all over him. And really, they, they get him there. They, they get him here. They are beating the shit out of him as Kanchu, the voice of Kanchu says, ah, sigh. I expected more, my son. And one of the orderlies is like, careful, we don't want him dead or Dr. Emmett would have our heads. And uh, he, the orderlies say, open your eyes, Specter. He looks around and, and they're just now he has his mask off, his Moon Knight costume off, and everything looks normal. They just look like normal orderlies. He looks out in the city, sees normal, still frightening New York City, uh, and he's they're taking him off. He says, I know what I saw. I know. And this is in his mind. He says, Kanchu, can't you help me? Kanchu, speak to me. It's all real. Moon Knight is real. It all happened. Kanchu, can't you hear me? Kanchu, can't you hear me? Didn't it? And that wraps up issue number one of this Moon Knight series. Remzo, thoughts? This is as good as a first issue can get, like for real. Fast paced story, uh, really rapid character development to catch you up. You learn everything you need to know without excessive, uh, excessive uh, exposition, which is nice. It's it's a good entry point for anyone who doesn't know where to get into Moon Knight. This is a good place to start. Indeed. And we will continue. Issue two. And we see an up close of one of the drawings that Mark Spector did, a full page, a full splash page of one of the uh, drawings and a voice saying, these are just the scribbles of a sick man. Spectre saying no. And I like, like, if you really pay attention to these, like the detail here is so cool. There's so much, like there's little notes on the writing too. Like there's, uh, it says perfect disguise. And there's an arrow that says taxi driver, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, it's almost like what Mark Spector would have really been like, you know, making notes for if you were a kid planning to someday be a superhero. So, uh, and he's saying, no, this is history. These are records. And again, we're just going through pages, a couple pages of uh, his notes. This one shows his weapons of war, his grappling hook, his truncheon or moon sticks as, as he calls them. And the, of course the crescent throwing darts, his version of the batarang. He says, all of this happened. This was my life. And now he's back talking to Dr. Emmett. She's saying, your life? Why do you insist on making things so difficult, Mark? He's like, I'm not Mark Spector. She says, no. Well, who are we today then, Mark? Jake Lockley? Spank me, Governor Palin. <laughs> I can only see her as, as Palin now. He says, I am the Moon Knight. So now he's he's denying all of these identities as who he is. He's saying, no, I am Moon... My identity is Moon Knight. I am Moon Knight. I am the Fist of Conchu. And she's like, oh, that again. 
All right. Well, I expected more, Mark, but these delusions are really... He's like, no, I wasn't finished. I, I was not finished. Hospitals like this don't exist anymore. Mental health facilities like this are relics. This is like from a movie or something. You are not a doctor. That is not your real face. She's like, Mark, you said the same thing when you came here from the from the orphanage when you were 12. You've been saying this the whole time. You're such a bright kid, but you're held back by this terrible illness. And I've been patient, but and I've just been trying to help you, but I think... I'm afraid we're going to have to take some more aggressive methods now. And they go to pull, as they're pulling Moon Knight away, the same orderlies, Bobby and Billy. She says, um, Spectre says, Amut. And she says, what, what did you say? He says, your name, Amut, God of Judgment. That's who you are, right? So Emmet, Amut, aha. Now, this relates directly ah. to, to the current Moon Knight series, uh, because Amut in that series is, well... I've only seen the first issue, but Amut is referenced in the first series, and there's a whole thing around that character. So another tie-in here, and he says, you can't hold me forever. I'll be coming for you, Amut. She says, it's Emmet. It's Irish, not Egyptian. Get him out of here. So again, they pull Spectre away. And now, as Mark Spector is being pulled away by the, by the orderlies, he runs into somebody else in the hallway, this guy who's speaking French. And then we see another little flash to wherever of Moon Knight saying, is it gassed up, Frenchie? Oui, monsieur, she is ready to fly because this is motherfucking Frenchie who's basically... Um, French Alfred. Yes, she's, he's Batman's Alfred. French, French Alfred. <laughs> that is the way to... That is all you need to describe Frenchie because he is literally just French Alfred. But I mean that as a compliment because Alfred's awesome and, Fr- and, I, and I have a, a soft spot for old Frenchie too. This guy flies a helicopter shape as a moon. <laughs> Yes, he does. The moon copter, I believe, is literally called. And uh, so then here we are. Mike, Mark Spector is back for more electroshock therapy, and they're just zap, zap, zapping him away. But they zap him away, and he he wakes up, I guess you could say. Now he is back. Now, this time in a dark room, not a bright room, speaking to Kanchu, who says, well, this isn't going nearly as well as I'd hoped. And he's like, right. Like, he's there as Moon Knight, but he can't actually talk. And then Moon Knight pulls this thing out of his mouth. He's like, I said, maybe if you'd help me. He says, help you. This is Kanchu screaming at him. Kanchu, by the way, is just a, an empty suit with like a, bur- a giant like bird beak skull by the, um, as, as its head. So quite frightening looking, really. He says, help you. All I've ever done is help you. What about when I saved you from death in the desert all those years ago? I'm sorry. It's just that I've been here for so long. And Spectre's like, here in my mind? He's like, is that where you think this is, my son? I've been with you so long, yet you know so little. Well, maybe you shouldn't have ex- should have explained it to him, dude. Uh, maybe I should have trusted you more. Maybe we shouldn't have gotten into this mess. Spectre says, if this isn't my mind, then where are we? He says, in a vessel. It's like a vessel. He's like, you would call it a spacecraft. I think you would understand that. But it would be an inaccurate description. It's more, we are outside of both time and space. We are in the other void where my kind come from, where we have been trapped for a very long time. And you see they're kind of floating through a space-like, again, the art here is so cool, a space-like something uh in basically what is a amount it's to a eight. space pyramid it's a space ship. pyramid thank you that's the easier way to say things it's the pink floyd cover yes yes exactly and mark specter says your kind gods the egyptian gods he says the egyptians were our playthings back when we were still free to travel between this place and your dimension but we can no longer do that we can still project our consciousness across the other void that is why we now act through hosts like you my son and specter says there are others he says of course we have been waging a silent war for centuries but now seth has found a loophole so basically uh, well the story being laid out by Kanchu here is that specter is essentially the avatar for Kanchu, who has to help him with this war being waged against seth or seth who is Seth, or set is basically like the egyptian god of death 
And Kanchi explains that uh, essentially explains that Seth found a way to basically bridge this gap between the utter void and reality. And he is getting ready to actually invade real reality. So that's why he needs Mark Spector's help here. He says, you must know you have a weak mind, Mark. He's like, yeah, and I know. He says, it was it was why I was able to use you as my aspect so easily, but now it is the very thing they are using against you, filling your mind with delusions, lies. And he's like, they? It's not just Seth? Oh, yes, Amut, the doctor. He says, look, there are many of us. Amut is simply using the doctor as a host, but Seth has promised her and others their freedom. So Seth is basically promising everyone, all these other evil Egyptian gods, that they will, if he helps them with this thing that apparently involves fucking with Mark Spector's mind, he will help free all of them from the other void and let them come and play with humans again, essentially. And uh, Spector's like, nice. how do I know this is real? And Conch is like, you don't, you don't know that. That's the hard part. <laughs> now you have to have faith. They will use your mind against you. They will fill it with these lies, these delusions. But you have to remember, no matter where you think you are, no matter what you see, this is the truth. You and me here. What you saw in Manhattan, these are the constants you must hold on. You must fight your way back to. Do you understand, my son? Spectre says yes. Reaches out his hand, and he's, for some reason, going to give him this like retainer they had in his mouth. He says, good now. I will send your consciousness back to your body. You should put this back in. Oh, yeah, because because in this world, it's the... It's the he's still it's getting actually, electrocuted. Yeah, he's still getting electrocuted, and he, he needs that thing. So he now he comes out of the electrocution. And he is looking like real Mark Spector is looking rough. His, he has got giant black eyes. And man, these electric shocks, they don't seem very fun. Yeah, it's like JFK's sister. <laughs> I don't even get that. You don't know what happened to JFK's sister? No, did she get... She, she, was, she was crazy, so they had to put her through a bunch of electroshock therapy. And then they, then they lobotomized her. Oh my god. Back when that was like a, a, a medical... This is how you know... That woman know. has opinions! Take out her brain! Yeah, don't it's it's a short way to say don't always trust doctors because sometimes 50 years later you look back and say holy shit that was horrific and they used to literally take out pieces of people's brains through their nose. Yeah, when they when they were a little depressed, they take out a piece of your brain. So yeah, Hashtag the more you know. Din, 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 din. Yeah, don't get lobotomies kids if you can help it if anyone still suggests it. Uh so he's out there. Spectre is back in like um in the asylum, I guess you could say. The common areas talking to old Crowley, who's saying, Man, they sure did a number on you, didn't they, Mark? That can only mean one thing. You're starting to see what this place really is. That's when they started zapping me when I found out. And uh, you know, they're talking, talking, talking. And um Crowley basically is, you know, he's saying, I've experienced so many things in my day. They helped open my mind to new ways of seeing, new ways of thinking. He's like, I got a lot of experience in dealing with mental issues, basically. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. is what he's saying and he said this old blowhard's way of saying i did a lot of acid in my youth and so they're going direct now they're really telling you what's up he's like i'm saying i did a lot of acid in my youth and it messed me up but i think it also let me see their faces the dog head so crowley sees the dog head faces too and let's just say i can totally see where crowley is coming from here having some experience in these areas he said but let me see your face too mark it was brave what you did trying to escape on, on the roof but you did it all wrong the word around here is if you want to get out 
you need to go down, not up. He says, how? He said, don't worry, my boy, we are not alone. The plan has been concocted. Be ready. So there's, there's, already, there's already some machinations that Crowley and others have been doing behind the scenes here. So Mark is not alone in this struggle. We go back to Mark in his room, laying there, probably just dreaming of Kanchu, knocking the door. Who is it? My man. Bonjour, Mark. It is me. It is time to go. He didn't say it is me, Frenchy. I'm saying that. <laughs> it is time to go, mon ami. What do you think of my Frenchy impression? Is that how you, is that how you picture Frenchy? Yeah, kind of like a Disney character. A little more, yeah, like very Disney-esque. And um, Spectre says, John Paul Duchamp? He's about, he's about to, like, break out into, like, song and dance. Be a guest, be a guest, take a seat. The fist of conscientism. He says, you used to help me, right? Help Moon Knight. And uh, Freddy says, we, and now I'm, now I'm here to help you. And now <laughs> he just became Pakistani. I don't know what happened. Look, I'm not, I'm not a professional uh, impersonator, guys, in case you didn't know that. Uh, I found and stored it. Like, I'm not going to stop doing the impression. <laughs> I don't know. I can't get back to the French now. I, now I'm, I don't know how I went from French to Far East Asia, but uh, I found that in storage. Well, you, would you like it? But I thought you would like it back. And it is, of course, a bag uh, containing his Moon Knight costume, um, his Moon Knight mask, his actual mask and all this stuff. Crowley pops in the room. He's like, uh, he's basically like, look, we got to get out of here. Like, we don't have time. We, we got to roll. And uh, Mark's like, no, <laughs> like, no. What do you mean? Like, I, I do think this is the best course of action. It's time to go. And, and, and Mark says, no, I mean, not just us. There are others here. Marlene, Gina. Oh, yeah. The black chick he was talking to at the beginning. That was Gina. You remember Gina? She was the mom of those street kids that 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 Lockley became befriended. Yeah, so, she she worked at the bar. Yeah, see, exactly. So this is all of we're really seeing all of Moon Knight's uh, posse that has been with him literally since his very first issue are now just somehow conveniently in this insane asylum, which lends you to think. So is this all in Mark Spector's head? Because why else would all these people that he's known throughout throughout time all be in this same place? Spectre has, look, they were here. They were important to me once. I can't leave them here. I must guide them now. I must protect these travelers of the night. So, um, yeah, and he's like, go, go get them. Meet me back here. I got to change. He's like, I got to change my Moon Knight outfit, and I don't want you guys to watch. And um, Frenchy says, mon ami, we are risking. There, the French is back. Mon ami, we are risking so much. Even now, they may see us. He says, let them. I like when they see me coming. So they roll, and now we see a little montage of... Crawley is going to uh, get Gina out. Frenchie goes to get Marlene, but she's like catatonic. So Frenchie, God bless this man. Frenchie just picks up and c- carries Marlene. Apparently there's very little security in the, in this asylum now. Um, so Frenchie is wheeling Mar- Marlene down the hall. They meet up with Crawley and Gina, and then they meet up. They see Moon Knight, who is looking spiffy. Why would, here's a question. Why, why would they, why, when, 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 Craw- when Frenchie is talking to Marlene, why would they have the entire speech bubble in French? Did you notice that? Probably because, yeah. They, they, they want to treat it like a movie, but like, you know, it's like. I think because in real life, if, if no one else is around that can French. hear him and, and, and Marlene's asleep, then he would just be speaking French, you know, because it's like his, it's his own narrative voice. That's Th- what this, I mean. is, this is a random fact that nobody cared about. But did you know I could speak French? Like fluently? Badly. But I, I, oh, I like when I was going through this, I'm like, am I like dyslexic all of a sudden or something? And then I'm like, oh, wait, Mejor de mi espanol? like, can you actually have conversations in French? Or you I, I, so I, so I know what I, I, I know what he's saying. Uh, je suis désolé uh, de vous déranger ma beauté. Mon long temps est devenu coûté cet endroit horrible, which is I'm going to get you out of here, my beauty. We'll get out of here finally out of this horrible place. Impressive. You know what I think about French? <laughs> 
<laughs> I always think my problem with French is that it always sounds like baby talk to me, <laughs> including when you were French? speaking just now. The way you have to do the accent. And whenever I hear French people talk, all I hear is and I'm sorry for the French out there. I love your people. I love everything about your culture, um, except for the whole World War II thing, but whatever. It's the least masculine language. I learned it in high school because I wanted to go live in Quebec at one point. No, that's and because I I went to do a whole podcast on that. that, I I went I went to Quebec and Quebec is full of beautiful Quebecois women and I was like they'll only you know be interested in me if I could speak their language and long story short that shit never happened (laughs) so the only time my French ever came in handy was in reading this comic well here we go and uh yes so Frenchie is pushing Marlene along uh while uh and they meet up with Moon Knight who is again like I said looking spiffy he's in the full white suit as well as his white mask and Moonlight says we are dealing with an invasion of immortals from another dimension and we are on the clock people let's rock and then we see the voice of Kanchu that says that's my boy uh, we then see the whole gang. They are basically just running through the hallways, uh, running, trying to find their way out of what appears to be a, a pyramid of sorts at this point. Uh, they finally do make their way all the way out to what now seems to look like the subway station of New York City, only filled with sand. So again, it seems basically when Spectre has his Moon Knight garb on is when he sees things either as they actually are or as he's imagining or as whatever is showing him whatever it may be. And they see this arm start to reach out of a a subway car. And uh, Gina's like, Crawley, those are not real people because Crawley's like, hey, there's people there. They come out and these are zombie mummies coming out of the subway car. As Crawley says, I must say, the public transit system has really gone to hell. That's That's a New York joke, everybody. And as we wrap up issue number two, how are you feeling about things here? I'm loving it. I'm loving all of it. Not to spoil anything necessarily, because frankly, it's it's well, it's complicated. But we're at this point in the series on your first read anyway. What are you thinking? Are you thinking this is Inspector's head? Are you thinking it's a a, a setup for him of some kind? Um, what what are kind of like your initial thoughts about what's actually going on here? I, my first time reading through this, I wanted to assume that they were doing like another deep character study where they were just trying to understand Moon Knight more because he became less of a... Moon Knight became less interesting and Mark Spector became more interesting at some point for, like, Warren Ellis. And I'm, I don't have a problem with that, but I didn't think Lemire was going to do that because in his other books that he's done, he kind of sets things up so you have a false expectation and then he changes the whole thing on you and then it's like, oh, this is what we're doing. So as much as I was like, oh, maybe this is all in his head, I was like, no. Lemire's not going to do that. He's going to make you doubt yourself and then he's going to deliver something crazy. Yeah, that's what I like about the way this is done. It's kind of done where like, yeah, there's enough to make you think this is obviously just not straightforward, but there's clues on all sides of things, you know? So who knows? Maybe he, maybe somebody took all these people and actually put them somewhere and is drugging them or, or maybe Mark Spector's always lived in an asylum since he was 12, which we probably know isn't really the truth either, but he gives you enough that you could believe anything when the truth is going to be, who knows what the truth is going to be. We'll have to continue to find out. Oh, don't get your hopes up. You don't necessarily find every, everything out in the series, but you'll find out more than, more than we know now. And we pick up and these mummy zombies are coming after them. And, and, um, you're the one that speaks French. I think you should be doing, you should be doing the, the French. Zutolo, we are caught. Oh, shit. Go. 
And, and uh, Moon Knight's like, not yet, Frenchie. All right, Carly, Gina, keep an eye on Marlene and stay behind me. Mar- he's, and he, uh, Carly's like, Mark, what do you see? What do they look like to you? Because because he says, I see mummies, Crawley, lots of mummies. And, and um, Crawley's like, okay, good. I was, I was worried it was just me. And, but Gina says, I don't know what you boys are on about. All I see are a bunch of nasty orderlies come to drag us back to the hospital. So only Crawley, it seems, only Crawley and Moon Knight. Moon Knight, because he's Moon Knight. Crawley, because he took a bunch of acid uh, back in the day, can actually see what these things really are. Whereas Gina and the others... They're still sort of stuck in the normal plane, so they just see regular asshole orderlies who want to get them. Meanwhile, Moon Knight cracks his fist as well. Gina, mummies are not. Sorry, I had to make. I had to make the. Uh, my eyes are going, Remzo. I had to make the little balloon on my iPad on my my Marvel app bigger. Excuse me, children, punched. while I make this bigger. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and, and Moon Knight just you know fists uh, in the face. This crushes the face of this mummy with his fist, and and he's like, "I hear that, honey," and I am about to sit back and watch you have all the fun. So Gina starts beating. What's funny about this is that Gina is like beats the skull of this uh, this mummy, and but she sees regular she sees regular orderlies and has no problem smashing their smashing their skulls, which is pretty funny. Uh, and then as Crawley is helping uh, Marlene, we hear Crawley, Crawley, Crawley. We turn the page and we see, well, it, it's wearing the outfit of Dr. Emmett, but this has a different head. It has like a crocodile head. Uh, this is now more revealed as Amut, who says, I expect this sort of behavior from Mark, but you know better, Mr. Crawley. And the, the two dog orderlies, Bobby and Billy, are back there. He says, he knows better, Billy. Sure does, Bobby. And they have uh, the injection ready to go, the sedative or whatever. And um, Moon Knight turns around and says, that is not Dr. Emmett Crawley. It's Amut, the soul leader. And Amut now says, Tisk, Mark, we are still stuck on that. And where did you find that outfit? I thought we had all those buried after you, your last escape today. Now stop all this nonsense and come with us. We'll get you help, Mark. And Frenchie is like, there are too many. And he's, he's fighting off these zombies or orderlies or whatever they are. When Mark hears a voice off to the side, says, Mark, psst, Mark, Mark, over here. This is the only Well, I'm just going to ask, what did you think of the voice of Conchu in the show? It's not what I was expecting, but it, it's fitting. I think that's accurate. It, it reminded me a little bit of the Venom voice uh, from the Tom Hardy Venom movies. Which yeah. I had the same reaction to at first. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't how I picture Venom sounding. But by the time I got into the movie and forgot how I my presuppositions of how it should sound. I, I can dig it. Yeah, exactly. It grew on me. So, yeah. Um, and similarly, yeah, the Moon Knight, the first Kanchi voice, I was like, that's not I don't picture Kanchi sound like that. But yeah, by the end, it worked for me. So whatever. And uh, Kanchi says, Mark, over here. This is the only way, my son. Hurry. And uh, Moon Knight's just like, Frenchie, go get Marlene and then head to the southbound tunnel. Um, And and Moon Knight just goes and decks Dr. Emmett or um, or Dr. Emmett slash Emmett and, and just basically knocks her right out. And uh, Crawley is is like Crawley doesn't want to go, but Mark or you know Moon Knight is screaming go go go, and he's kind of and Crawley's like look we can't leave him, and they're saying don't worry about Mister Knight Crawley it is Doctor Emmett who should be worried now is what is what Frenchie says to him, um, because he knows this is Moon Knight and Moon Knight is gonna be fucking some shit up. So yeah, Moon Knight is just beating the shit out of uh, Doctor Emmett slash Amut, um, but eventually. They the orderlies come and they're able to well they yeah they stab him in the neck with the the, the sedative or whatever and they rip his mask off and again as soon as actually his mask isn't even off yet it's actually as soon as they stick him with this drug 
he looks up and he sees he doesn't see the dog heads and the crocodile head. He just again sees Dr. Emmett and the two orderlies. And she says, do you see now, Mark? Do you see the truth? And he's like, no, he's like, and, and uh, Dr. Palin says, I'm sorry, but you need to come back with us. Let us help you through this. You, you won't believe what we can accomplish if you just trust me. He says, you're right. You're right, Amit. I won't believe and punches the orderly right in the stomach, uh, grabs the needle, takes the needle that's only half drained into him out of his wrist and sticks it into Dr. Emmett's neck. And then then he knocks out the other orderly. She's screaming, stop him as uh, he just runs away down the subway, basically. And he's screaming, can't you crawly Gina? So dark, please help me. He says he rips off his mask. He's like, I can't do this by myself. We hear the, see the voice of Conchu says, Yes, you can, Mark. You alone must be a light against the infinite dark. And, Con- and Mark's like, but th- they did something. I can't see anymore. I can't see the truth. Tell me, Kanchu, is this all real or am I really just mad? Kanchu says, does it matter? He's like, what? He's like, does it matter if you are mad? Your madness is your gift, Mark. Your madness is what will keep you alive. You need to stop fighting it. Give into it. Let your insanity guide you and then we see these letters on the next page let your madness show the way in the moon knight conchu font and we see mark specter looks up and now he seemingly is again not in a subway in some egyptian building and he sees two symbols above two doors he looks up chooses the left door or he hears voices in the back you know they're still coming after him they say specter i don't see him bobby the two orderlies are on the way mark for whatever reason chooses the left door which if i was more of an egyptologist i would i would analyze exactly what these symbols are and maybe really break because i'm sure jeff lemire did not make these randomly i'm sure these actually do have meaning um one looks like a snake and one looks like an eye so maybe the snake is more representing like the path of seth or set or what have you um so he goes down the path with the with the eye type symbol anyway runs out gets whacked in the face oh my god but don't worry it's just gina just gina swinging that damn stick. gina and he's like she's like oh i'm sorry honey he's, and so they're like yeah and carly's like careful gina not no one of us can afford to have our brains scrabbled any more than they already are and now they're in this room where they're like they're where it partially looks like the subway it partially looks like an egyptian temple but then they also look out and basically see what what we saw as the other void before the very the pink floyd space place basically and uh, he says, you know, we, we seem to have come. Frenchie says, we seem to have come to a dead end, mes amis. Um, Gina says, what now, Mark? She says, I'm, I'm not sure. And then Marlene wakes up and she says, she whispers like, there will be a price. And Moonlight's like, Marlene? And Crowley's like, what the fuck did she say? And he's like, Marlene, can you hear me? No, she's out again. And Gina's like, fellas, something's coming. And what's coming? This giant egyptian space dog head god thing is rolling up <laughs> he says do you need safe i'm gonna have a i'm gonna write a series based on this character with that name do you need safe passage travelers of the night and it is anubis this is the egyptian god anubis who is the one that carries basically carries on his raft he carries the dead to the afterlife that that is who anubis is i know enough about egyptian mythology to know that Moon you Night saw Screams. the mummy one and two i saw the mummy just one actually um anubis and he says, you are Conchu's war. You, the wrestling he- fan, didn't see number two with The Rock? Rise uh, of the Scorpion King? Believe it or not, I've never actually seen that movie. I, <laughs> I should. I should go back and do it, actually. I should, I should make it my task to watch every Rock movie, to be honest. Maybe I'll make that a podcast someday. Uh, you are Conchu's ward. He says, yes, I am, Mr. Knight. These are my companions. And um, Anubis says, I will gladly deliver you across the other void, Mr. Knight, and your friends, too. But there will be a cost, as Marlene just referenced before she passed out again. 
Gina says, damn, I don't have my Metro card. I don't even know a train stopped here. And she's like, what? You don't see him? She's like, of course I see him. The nice driver just wants us to get on the subway, but I don't have a, I don't have any change on me. So again, Gina just sees like normal things. Just She's just seeing like a subway car driver or whatever. And uh, Anubis says, it is not coin I require. My price is one of their souls, Mr. Knight. I gladly take yours, but it already belongs to Kanchu. And, uh, and then and Moon Knight's like, I, I will not allow any of these souls to go to you. These people are under my protection. But of course, Crowley, who's, who's had plenty of time already in the world, he spent several decades uh, doing nothing but acid and having a kid that eventually he would lead to his death. After uh, the, the kid the, murdered all his friends. After the kid murders all his homeless friends. Uh, he's like, I've had enough of this shit. I will sacrifice my soul. And uh, Crowley does give himself to Anubis as the rest of the gang, or he, and he just like disappears. We don't know what happens to him, but I guess Anubis has his soul while the rest of the gang floats away. Just as the orderlies are coming up, they float away on this Anubis raft into the other void, I guess. And we see all these like statues of Greek God and the Greek gods of <laughs> a bit of a twist that they had Greek gods here of all these Egyptian gods uh, as they're floating out. And, um, well, I guess Crawley is still with him. I guess that he just committed to, you're, you're going to take my soul eventually. Yeah. Cause he's still there on the raft. Okay. Um, he says, and they're saying like, uh, Gina's like, what is this place, Mark? He's like, I don't know. I don't know for certain the other void, maybe. And Gina says the other void is because she's still talking in normal world. She's like, isn't that a nightclub on 53rd street? And Moon Knight's like, yeah, trust me, Gina, this is not the same place. Uh, and she's like, I'm just happy to get off this thing. So they, they get to this building and they all get off. And yeah, Crawley, uh, this is where, yeah, this is where Crawley has to stay with Anubis. She's like, this is my last stop. And he's like, all right, Crawley, see you, Mark. Peace. So that's, that's it for Crawley. Now he goes and his soul lives with Anubis forever. Now Gina's like, you smell that? That's New York city, baby. God, how I missed it. And he, and the moon is like, sweet. We made it. We really made it. This is it. And then they, they run up to this wall and they just, and Mark just finds sand nothing but sand and he's like what what's going on here he's like marlene can can keep her face clear of the sand and um frenchy's saying i've I've got you marlene hold on um and as they're holding marlene they look up they're crawling up through the sand basically and they crawl up through the sand into the same new york that moon knight saw before the, the 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 new york that has a giant pyramid a green sky and all these dog-headed winged creatures flying around so they got Zach out of one Snyder's moon knight nightmare verse nightmare verse this is just Zack snyder's new york city um <laughs> thoughts so far as we uh, as we begin not to our finale we're heading into the penultimate issue i guess you could say it um it, it has not skipped a beat once I mean, the, these issues flow between each other just so, so seamlessly. It's like one reading. It's like reading just one long, continuous story. Indeed. A continuous story. It is. As we head to issue four, we hear the voice of Kanchu. It says, do you see it now, Mark? Do you see how it will end? Not in blood, but in sand. Mark says, yes, I see. Gina, still oblivious to this shit, says, who are you talking to, honey? Um, Kanchu continues, this is the great work of my brother, Seth, Seth, the usurper. He will bury your world and build a new one in his image. He must be stopped. Are you ready? My son, Moon Knight says, I am. Then it begins the final night. As Gina points out, uh, fellas, something, something weird's going on. He's like, it's, and Moon Knight's like, oh, it's the hospital, but how can we only be just outside? It felt like we went so far underground as they see the orderlies looking at the window down at them. He's like, just be glad we got out at all, honey, is what Gina says. And we see this cop runs up. He's like, hey, what are you fools? What are you folks doing out in the storm? Why, why the hell are you dressed like that? He's like, storm? He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a damn near tsunami out here. So in the real world, I guess it's raining, but to them, it's a, it's a sandstorm. 
and uh and they're like yeah he, gina's like he's right we need to get inside i'm getting soaked so even gina is also experiencing the rain and then sure enough he's like and moon Knight's like this isn't rain or it wasn't but then it, it does become rain uh, and then uh, the cops like, where'd you guys come from? I think maybe you should come with me. And then Mark says, no, no. And he just decks the cop. And then Gina's Gina's flipping out because she just sees a cop. But what does Mark Spector see? He sees something crazy with a crocodile head. <laughs> and he's like, and he says, Sobek, I guess it's the god Sobek. And Sobek says, it is I, son of Kanchu. Okay, so that's this is a, a character that Moon Knight has battled before, I guess, Sobek, the son of Kanchu. It is I, son of Kanchu. I've been waiting for you, waiting to eat you, and then expel you at the feet of King Seth. Kicks Moon Knight in the face. Now, uh, Set, what is his name? Sobek, Sobek. Sobek and Moon Knight are going at it. Then Sobek turns around and snaps Frenchie in the neck. Oh my God. That, of course, really pisses off Moon Knight. You do not fuck with Frenchie. Moon Knight just starts laying in to this god. We see blood flying. I mean, this is a pretty damn violent comic. We see a lot of blood in this one, and we also see Frenchie holding his neck. As Moon Knight comes over to him, says, Frenchie? Jean-Paul? I, I, see, I see him. I see him, <laughs> Mr. Knight. Right. And he yes. dies. And we don't, we don't know what Frenchie sees, but it seems to disappear into the night. As Mark says, I'm sorry, Jean-Paul, and we have lost, we've lost Crowley to Anubis. We now have seemingly lost uh frenchy as mark goes to cover his face and now gina says is that sand i what, what's happening mark and he's like you see it finally oh my god finally you finally see where we are and she's like yeah i do see but i don't understand he's like oh thank you god i'm just glad i'm not alone here i thought i was losing my mind i'm so glad you see it he's like whatever's happening i think i can stop it i think i have to stop it but with crawley and frenchy gone i don't know if i can do it alone will you help me and she says, whatever it is you're going through, Mark, whatever this is, it's got to be better than here. So let's go. She says, all right, let's do it. Oh, no. He's actually, what he actually says I, I, is, I Mr. Knight, qu- call me Mr. Knight. Yes. I have a question. When did the, is Mr. Knight a separate persona from New, from Moon Knight? No, this is just a thing he's saying, I think. Because he's, he's basically just embracing Moon Knight as his true identity, whereas all the, like, even Mark Spector, I think he's, he's calling just one of his personalities. But I, in this, he... He's now really just embracing. I don't think this is something they've really done before. I've never seen him do this. I think this is a new thing where he's just saying, I'm now Moon Knight. I'm not these other things. Okay. So I think that's why he's saying it. And she's like, where are all the people? And he's like, I don't know. And he's still carrying, carrying Marlene now. He's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I want to find, I don't want, I'm not sure I want to find out either. Something very bad is happening, Gina. And then they go and they see a diner. It's Gina's diner. She worked at a bar when we first met her, but maybe that evolved into a diner. She's like, oh, my God, that's my diner. She, she worked at a bar, but she always wanted to open up a diner. And eventually oh, is that she what did. they said? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a good, good detail. Because it's like the Jeffersons. Moving on up yeah, to yeah. the so east she's, side. She's moved up from the bar to the diner. And she's like, come on in. Everything's going to be all right. She's being fooled by this damn diner. She's like, Gina, I'm not sure it's a good idea. We should keep moving. She's like, now, Mr. Knight, are you really not going to let me cook for you? A little rest and some warm coffee may go a long way. He's like, all right, maybe just a few minutes. We cut to the diner where she's just, she's just working now. She's got her apron on. She's pouring coffee uh, for these other guys and uh, talking to these two dudes who seem to be wearing. Oh, no, that's Spectre. And um, and she's talking about her boys. She's like, yeah, Raymond and Richard, they're everything to me. Mr. Knight kept this place going while I was in the hospital. I don't know why they aren't here. I hope they're OK, wherever they are. Mark says, I'll do everything I can to find them, Gina. I promise. And she says, you're a good man, Mr. Knight. I'm nothing without my friends, Gina. Mark then goes to the bathroom in the pisser when he hears a voice. What do you think you're doing here? This this end is, I'm sorry, the end is here. The hourglass fills of sand and you waste your time. 
You waste precious time eating pancakes. Tell me, Mark, did you choose poorly? Are you the Moon Knight? Uh, Did I choose poorly? Man, even I can't read. (laughs) Fucking app. Tell me, Mark, did I choose poorly? Or are you the Moon Knight? Or are you just another piece of waste that deserves to be flushed? Yeah, and Mark's like, look, I just lost two of my best friends. Kanji's all boo-hoo. You need to lose a lot more before this is over. Getting really tired of your ass. We hear a voice, Mr. Knight, Gina. Oh. And Gina's looking off, says, Marlene? Marlene is now up and walking. She says, the sun is coming soon. We have to go. Mark's like, Mar- Marlene, are you okay? How are you? She's like, yeah, yeah. I just, the farther we got from the hospital, the better I feel. I think it's that pyramid, the big one. The closer we get to it, the clearer my mind is. Can't you feel it, Mark? He's like, I feel something, but it's not good. You're right, though. We have to keep going. Whatever I need to do to fix things, I'll do it here. And uh, basically, at the end, they decide uh, Spectre and Marlene are going to leave. But Gina's happy because she's she's living that life. She's living that diner life. So she's not uh, going to move on with them. Gina and uh, not Gina, Spectre and Marlene, Moon Knight and Marlene, I should say, Mr. Knight and Marlene um, are walking up and making their way to this pyramid. Spectre's like, look, when we get up there, whatever is going to happen, Marlene, it's going to be dangerous. She's like, I know that. When has being with you not been dangerous, Mark? She's like, so you remember everything? Like our time before the hospital? She's like, yes, all of it. I remember your alter ego, Stephen Grant, the playboy, but I also remember you as Moon Knight. And he's like, and you remember us? Like, of course I do, Mark. I loved you. I still do. What I don't remember is how we got in the mental hospital. Do you? He's like, nope. He's like, all right, maybe the answers are waiting for us there. She says something is, that's for sure. Only one way to find out. They're climbing up, and then suddenly uh, Spectre gets hit by, it looks like it's hit by one of his own moonerangs, or whatever they're called. And he, say, he says, who turns around, says, who do you think? I'm Moon Knight, you lunatic. And we see what appears to be like 70s Moon Knight, or it looks like Moon Knight, like, plucked out of a cartoon or something or a comic strip it looks the like hannah barbera moon knight yes this is <laughs> hannah barbera's moon knight so now after all this shit he's deal with he's dealt with now mark specter has actual moon knight here to deal with as well what do you think as we head into the final issue well final issue not of the series but of this of this this is actually the first five were collected in a trade so that's why i did the first five so this is the completion this will be the completion of uh the first story arc here i i freaking love it he loves it and I don't think we need to say more than that. We'll save the rest of our thoughts for the end as we wind up, wind up here, heading to issue five. And uh, Mark's like, this is impossible. You, you can't be real. What are you? He's like, I'm, I'm here to protect the travelers of the night, Marlene. Come to me carefully. That man is insane. He's like, and she's, and so he's, she's actually starts walking up to this moonlight where, so, so our moon Knight, Mark Spector is like, Marlene, don't. And moon Knight says, she belongs with me. Moon Knight says, no. And now, we get Moon Knight tussling with Moon Knight, our Moon Knight, who's just in like the uh, basically Mr. Like Knight. White, yeah, Mr. Knight. Yeah, that's a way to say it. Mr. Knight versus 70s Moon Knight. He says, this is as far as you're going to get, Mark. This is the end of the line. What are you? You know what I am. I'm you before you lost your mind. Stop struggling. Let me end this. That's still not an answer. It's really not at all. And and he and our Moon Knight, uh, Mr. Knight, I should say, stabs uh, this other Moon Knight right in the gut. And then uh, they, wait, oh yeah, wait, what? This is confusing, actually. Oh yeah, she does, he stabs him in the gut, but then he gets headbutted, and then Moon Knight, 70s Moon Knight, runs away with Marlene. Um, so they're gone. They're just out of here. Moon Knight slowly gets up, turns around, starts walking, sees the blood trail uh, from from where he stabbed the other Moon Knight. There's a little, like, um, there's some blood on this door with the moon shape on it, the crescent, moon crescent. So he goes through this door, suddenly... 
he's in fucking space. He's like on the moon because we see the earth and this is totally different animation now an animation. It's totally different art style now. And they actually did have three guest artists that came in uh, and did the art for these different panels now. Uh, so he is in space, just walking around in a space suit on the moon. He follows the footsteps through another door that has a different symbol on it. Kind of looks like a bow and arrow. Um, and he's walking towards that door. Here's the sound grrr, and all these giant werewolves come out, which is quite fitting because Moon Knight actually made first made his appearance in the series Werewolf, werewolf by, Night. by Night. So, yeah, so a little callback to the old Werewolf by Night series as uh, he continues to just run away from these werewolves, does not even attempt to interact with them and just runs through this door, goes through this door. We get a whole new art style as we're on the set of a movie because now he is Stephen Grant and who's here with him? It's Marlene. Marlene as the, what was she? The, the Starlet. Stained Glass Scarlet. Stained Glass Starlet. And he's like, Marlene, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you wearing? She's like, my stupid costume, silly. He's like, I don't understand. You will. There's one thing I need to tell you though. And he says, what? He says, you should get going. They will be here any second. He's like, who? Here they are again. Bobby and Billy, these asshole orderlies. They're running after again. And Spectre goes through this other door that uh, Marlene pointed him through. Poof. Whole new art style. Now we are in base. Now we're Jake Lockley and we're in the seventies. We're in the red light district. Hey Jake, this little, this uh, little hussy is saying, Hey Jake, how you doing tonight? Feel like some company? And Jake says, no, thank you. She says, suit yourself. And Jake Lockley runs off. As he's running off, he gets grabbed by a hand from the sewer. Who's grabbing him? It's that damn orderly again. Kicks the orderly in the face. Um, and And the other orderly grabs him from behind. They're trying to stab him with this stuff again. As they're going to stab him, he kicks it away. Lockley grabs the grabs the needle, turns it around, sticks the other orderly, and uh, runs away through yet another door. Again, with that moon crescent symbol on it, pushes this door open. Says, "I've had enough." And he sees somebody else there. Ah, Conchu's pup. This guy says this guy basically this big, sort of scary Egyptian esque looking dude. Come to finish me off, have you? And, he, and this is Seth. And Moon Knight says, "Seth, what happened to you?" He says, "What do you think happened?" And Moon Knight says, Mr. Knight says, you did this, all of this. I was sent to kill you. Seth says, ha, is that what he told you? And you followed a puppet on a string. None of this is my doing. He did this. He enslaved me. Who, who did this? Who do you think? Go to him, pup. Go to him. Moon, Mr. Knight. Mr. Knight walks up these stairs, takes off his mask, goes through what appears to be another door. We hear a voice that says, you made it. I had my doubts. Who are, and then it's that, it's that same 70s Moon Knight still bleeding from where he was stabbed, sitting in a chair at the top of this building, at the top of this pyramid. Mr. Knight says, who are you? Who are you really? 70s Moon Knight says, you know who I am. You've always known. He says, no. He says, yes. Pulls off his mask. Motherfucking Conchu, man. It was motherfucking Conchu. Was this other Moon Knight the whole time? And, and Moon Knight's like, Conchu? He's like, yeah, I needed you, my son. I needed you, and you came to me against all odds says you lied specter says you lied you said seth did all this to new york to me but it was you why i did everything you asked of me conchu says yes you are a loyal servant mark specter and now i must ask one final thing of you this body is weak dying i need yours so conchu wants to fully take over the bar the, the body of mark specter he says your mind is broken mark you know this Spectre says, yes. He says, then let me take the pain away. Let me in and it will all stop. The pain, the confusion. You know you just want peace, Mark. It can all end now. Give me your body, your mind, so I can be born into this world. You have served me well, child. Now you can rest. Your work is done. You can be free. Spectre says, no. God just says, what do you mean, no? What do you mean, no? 
He says, I will never let you have me as Inspector jumps out of this door and starts running down the pyramid. As we see some montage we kind of intersperse with some, uh, well, I did, we just really just one panel we see, but I just love the, the varying art styles used here. It's like a seventies painting a montage of him, you know, good old uh, Stephen Grant hanging out with his friends, Frenchie and Crowley and Marlene and Gina, the whole crew. We see Spectre falls down, falls all the way off the pyramid and crashes to the ground. And is just in, in a heap of his own blood. It seems that the body of Mark Spectre has died. But then on the next panel, someone wakes up, doesn't appear to be like, doesn't look like Mark Spector, looks a little more like Stephen Grant. It is Stephen Grant. He's in a very nice apartment or house or whatever it may be. And Marlene is there in her lingerie. He says, Marlene, she says, what? You don't remember my name? How many other actresses do you bring home, Stephen? She says, wait, what, what did you call me? She says, why are you acting so weird, Stephen? You're, you're freaking me out a little bit. He says, you should get dressed. We have an early call time. She says, you have an, we have an early call time, remember? He's like, call time? He's like, yes, we're shooting the pyramid scene today. I don't want to be around the creepy director without you there looking out for me, Mr. Producer Man. So get dressed, okay? Spectre opens his windows in his New York City high-rise apartment, looks out, sees what appears to be regular, normal New York City. He looks concerned at first, but then on the very last panel, he sets up. He just gives a sly little smile as our last words say, the end and it is not the end this is the end of this episode it is the end of the first run here of moon knight uh, this 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 uh, little story was called welcome to new egypt so marvel's pretty big about this i think even now they try to do things in like five issue blocks for the purpose of trade paperbacks so this is not the end of the series but it is the end of uh, this chapter of the series so what do you think and i'm also curious did you have you read the rest of this I haven't, but I'm going to, and, and I really, I, I really don't often, if there, if there's a series that I like after we've done it, I don't lie to myself and say, I'm going to continue it because we usually have to move in like rapid succession, but this is going to be one of those times where it's like tonight after this episode, I'm going on and I'm, I'm continuing on this run. I'm either going to read more of this tonight or read the last two ultimate fantastic four issues that I have to read to to do another episode of what mark missed I, i've been putting them off because i'm not quite enjoying it as much as i was before and you probably know what i'm talking you're about. you're in the but, rough phase yeah i definitely <laughs> like i was flying through the the millar and the the ellis issues but whatever to hear more about my opinions on ultimate fantastic four go ahead subscribe to the old patreon patreon.com slash second print pod but remzo let's get right to it what are you scoring this puppy i'm giving something that I, I don't think I've given for a modern Marvel book. And by modern Marvel, I mean since like 2013 to now. I'm giving it a five in the art and a five in the story because it is just so fast paced and you get so much. This scores highly on the is this good for old fans of Moon Knight and Marvel? And it scores just as high for can this be a great start for new people? I think this is just very peak. Uh, Jeff Lemire and the art styles, the how they interchange and how they really capture the work from, you know, the renderings of the characters when different artists jump in to how they do the panel work. This is a movie on paper. I freaking loved it. Ten. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ten. Ten. I'm giving it a ten. I'm giving five and five. Five for story, five for art. It gets a ten. Movie on paper is a great way to put it. I think. The only way I could criticize this if we were looking at it as a complete story would be that we don't really get a 
we don't really get a resolution here. You know, we're like, wait, so was it in his head the whole time? Wait, did he really just defeat Kanchu in some other realm? It, it's Nolan-esque. It's like the it's, end of Inception. It's Nolan-esque, yes. But, and, but, but really, I can't even... Actually, I would be fine with the ending if this is a movie, you know, because it would be like, oh, so what am I, you know, it's, it's it, it, like you said, Nolan-esque, but this is just the first fifth of this run. So it's actually, it actually is just setting out some other stuff, but as an end to a story, it actually works in that way too. Kind of having that, that open-ended, wait, so what's real, what's not, uh, the answers to which we do not get, at least in this portion of it. But man, this is just, like you said, it never gets slow. I, it's never boring. There's never... I love how he's able to do all the exposition without exposition. <laughs> like it's all just through one little shot. Oh, now you know that he has this history with Gina and or or, or Frenchie or what have you. You learn all the history, all the lore of the Moon Knight character without needing to have known any of it before to really get the feel of it and to understand why he has all the connections to all these different people. Uh, like you said, you can walk in cold off the street and and get this completely. Uh, it's just that if you do know the history of Moon Knight, if you are a fan of Moon Knight over the years, then this stuff just means more to you. It's, I mean, to me, that's the best kind of storytelling for of, of old. The best way to tell a new story with an old character is to make it completely accessible to new readers by finding ways to fill in the gaps and make you understand enough about the character while also making it rich enough that it's just a bonus if you know that stuff. So that's how I felt about this. Like, it's if I didn't know who Crawley was, I think actually the first time I read this, I didn't know who Crawley was. Uh, now I do. So now that's the second time around because we did that other Moon Knight episode and met all these characters now that part of it means so much more to me but not having known that the first time didn't detract from it at all so i just i just love how this is done i love his portrayal of the character of moon knight and i love how he portrays really just walks this line of we're always trying to figure out is this just in his head is this happening in some other realm is there even really an asylum here and we never fully get the answers but there's enough that we can keep keep asking the questions and they're questions that we want to keep asking it's like not knowing is part of the fun you know and you know screw it i'm gonna stop being around the bush because i'm just gonna it's hard for me to argue against you so my only reason to not give it a 10 would be to be a contrarian to Remzo. And that's not a good reason. So I'm also going to give this a 10. Um, and the art is fucking phenomenal. I cannot speak highly enough about Greg Smallwood's style um, throughout this. His his ability to adapt to different scenes um, and like different vibes, different feels, but also the way they brought in these last guest artists on this last episode. There are three guest artists on this one that did the different scenes when he's when he's going through those different... Um, Usually guest artists will detract from a story, especially yeah, no, no, if it's it mid-issue. It was necessary here, yeah. It was so well done. It was yeah. like an orchestra. It was working perfectly. Yes. Seamlessly, uh, yeah. Uh, what else is there to say? I mean, every this is a perfect book. This really is a, a perfect book. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. 10 out of 10. That's an SBC 20. That's officially a must read, guys. That's a must read. If we're, if we're giving it a perfect score, we really, really think you should read this. We haven't given a 20 in a long time. We've gotten pretty close, but we have not done that. Yeah, we have not. And I, I didn't know what I was going to like. I, I try not to even think about grades going in. So I didn't know what I was. Obviously, I knew it would be pretty high. But, you know, once as we go through it again together on the show, it's like I'm not finding the flaws. You know, I just, I, at least as far as how I enjoy a story, 
This is about as perfect as it gets. So can't recommend. And as someone who has read this whole series and is probably going to do so again, because I don't exactly remember how all this stuff worked out. So I am, I'm still, you know, that's a nice thing about, uh, well, about getting older. <laughs> I forget stuff more and being a stoner. All these things help. Uh, but no, I mean, I think anybody that steps away from a story for eight years, like, yeah, maybe you know the gist, but you, you, you don't remember all the details. So you can still almost enjoy it again as a first read, especially when you read. You get, you get to relive exactly, it. You get to relive it. So you get to... Uh, Especially when you read like thousands of comics, uh, like I don't know how many thousands of comics I've read in the last six, seven years, but but definitely thousands. So, of course, you're not going to remember all the details of all of them. So it is almost like a first time again. I I just all I remember from the first time is that I loved it, and that part is still holds true. Um, so yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. And that's all I got to say. So to hear more about Moon Knight, what should they do, Remzo? Go ahead and tune in every Thursday at the Second Brick Comics Patreon, where Caleb Franz and I will go ahead and recap every episode of Marvel Disney Plus's Moon Knight series starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke over at patreon.com slash Pod for the price of a cup of coffee. Indeed. That being said, I think we collectively have only one more message for everyone out there. Be the fist of Conchu! And when you can't, read comics. And change, and the, change world. the world. Good night, America. Adios. Adios. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.